the first few times I've been to the States, I have found tipping to be so confusing and so (laughs) stressful because I thought I had to do some kind of, you know, elaborate handshake to because I've watched too many American movies to hand it over. And also all of your bills are the same colour. So you're looking like, is this a hundred? Is it a one? Like, what am I looking at? This time I am ready. Welcome to the Get Cozy Podcast, where we talk all about the coziest of book genres, the cozy mystery. I'm your host, Christy Meyer, and I'll be bringing you author interviews and keeping you up to date on all the hottest cozy mystery releases. So grab yourself a cup of your favorite hot beverage and let's get cozy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my cozy friends. Today we have a very special episode of the podcast for you. I am beyond thrilled to have the author of books like The Mother-in-Law, The Good Sister, The Younger Wife, and now The Soulmate joining us today. That's right, Sally Hepworth is here, and I'm so excited to chat about her latest book. So welcome to the show, Sally. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, it's totally my pleasure. And it's just so exciting to have you because I am such a fan of your books. I've been a fan for a long time and you just always weave together elements of mystery and domestic suspense so brilliantly. You also give your readers characters that they can't help but fall in love with, even though they are all very sus. So it makes for such a fun (laughs) reading experience. And your latest novel, The Soulmate, of course, is no exception. So do you want to kick off the conversation just by telling our listeners what that book is all about? Yes, of course. Well, for people like yourself who have read previous books of mine, you will not be surprised to hear that it is about family dysfunctionality, which is one of my very favourite topics. And this one deals with the most dysfunctional relationship of all, and that is, of course, marriage. (laughs) So in The Soulmate, there are two married couples whose lives become intertwined. The first are Gabe and Pippa, who are in their 30s. They're living in this picturesque cliffside cottage with their two little daughters, And they have moved there about a year earlier and shortly afterwards they realised that the cliff which their cottage is perched on is very popular with people who are wanting to go and take their own lives. And this obviously is not a great thing, but they managed to turn it around by Gabe uh, kind of figuring out that he is a gifted Cliff Whisperer, and he is really successful at convincing people to uh, to, to, to walk away from the ledge. He, he talks them off the ledge, mm-hmm. as it were. And in the year that they've lived there, seven people have come to the cliff and all seven have walked away. But in the very first chapter, the eighth comes to the cliff, a woman, and he goes out there as usual. And his wife, Pippa, is watching 
through the kitchen window while she takes care of their little daughters. And Pippa notices that he seems more animated than usual. His arms are flailing around as if they're almost having an argument. And her children steal her attention for a moment. And when she looks back again, the woman has gone over the cliff and her husband's hands are kind of outstretched, almost as if he has pushed her. So from there, the book goes forward as Pippa tries to make sense of what she's seen and and what Gabe tells her about what she saw. And the book also goes into the perspective of Amanda, who has gone over the cliff and is now dead. And we find through flashbacks the story of her and her husband, Max, and, and they had a very different kind of marriage, a much less passionate, kind of more considered marriage. Mm-hmm. And the two stories are uh, intertwined. Of course, there are connections and uh, and it's really, it's a it's a twist, twisty-turny story, but it really is at the heart of it about marriage, about what we put up with, about what we get from it, and about whether or not there is such thing as a soulmate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have to say that I just really enjoyed that you put Amanda's perspective in the novel, like having mm. somebody who's actually deceased have a perspective in the story in their current timeline while they are deceased was just absolutely fascinating. I've never read that before. I'm so glad because I was nervous about that. I had read The Lovely Bones and uh, which did it so successfully and I think is the gold standard. And, you know, for those who haven't read the book, it is, you know, very small parts are told in the perspective of Amanda once she's dead. It's not like The Lovely Bones where the whole book is told from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I really enjoyed the creative challenge of of writing from that perspective and uh, in the end I, I didn't really know where I was headed with it and in the end it came together in a way that I was so happy with and I think um, Stephen King calls uh, calls them the boys in the basement and to to refer to that thing writers have um, which is you know we don't know why we're doing something, but in the end, the boys in the basement have a plan um, and, you know, our subconscious or whatnot. And that it doesn't always work out. But in this case, it really did. The I'm going to call them the girls in the basement. Yeah, And, and that all came together from me or the women <laughs> in the basement. The women it's in really, the basement. it's the women that are usually doing the work, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely in this novel. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I just have to say like, oh, the character development in this book is just truly exceptional. And, you know, like you mentioned, we're following Pippa's journey. She meets and falls in love with Gabe. And I mean, this guy is just so charming, so adorable. And so like us as readers, we just completely fall for him too. 
And then as the novel goes mm-hmm. on, we become a little suspicious of him. But because we already fell for him in the beginning, we care about him and we so badly don't want him to have done anything wrong here. So how do you yeah. approach that task of creating these characters that are just like well-rounded and feel so human? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I always say I'm so bad at the how because the more books I write, the less able I feel to to describe how I do it. You know, uh-huh. it starts to become a almost a second nature. Um, but what I will say is that characters that are two-dimensional, that are, you know, the, the quintessential villain, as it were, um, are less interesting to me than characters that have all the shades of grey. And I think that uh, Gabe... You know, while there is something very compelling about having a stereotypical villain, it's much more interesting to explore the possibility that we're all capable of bad and we're all capable of good and good people do bad things and bad people do good things. And certainly in the case of uh, of mental illness, which is is one of the marriages is, is dealing with in this book, um, you know, it is sometimes difficult to understand what is it that the person is doing and what is it that is the illness. And I know a lot of people who've tried to kind of untangle that in relationships that they have with other family members and 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 then the role of personal protection, you know, do I need to stay in this situation if it's hurting me, even if it's not the person's fault. So those questions are the juicier, more interesting parts for me to explore. And so I guess that's the reason that these characters have more colours to them, because that's what I like to understand. And that's what I like to read about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you do such a great job of really like fleshing them out and showing both the good and the bad in all of these characters. Um, And you also have like, I I enjoyed how different the marriages were that you depicted. They're both very unique. Um, And Pippa and Gabe in particular, they seem like you said, they're very passionate. They seem very strongly bonded to one another and just so deeply in love. And I am a sucker for a good meet cute story, and you definitely knocked it out of the park with theirs. So do you mind giving our listeners just a little glimpse into what their meet cute was like? Yes, that was a fun moment. And, you know, I think some of my books go to some dark places, including mm-hmm. this one. And I really love to marry the light and the shade. And uh, and this meet cute was, you know, one of the light, happy joyous parts, I guess. Um, And so they met when Pippa was recovering from a breakup. She was in that, you know, terrible part where she's been in her pyjamas and hasn't showered for days. And then her sister forces her out of the house and they're out walking um, in the park and and it's raining and they are walking around the, the lake and there's a wedding, which seems particularly cruel, um, both because Pippa's just had a breakup, but also because the poor people getting married and now getting married right. in the park in the rain. And uh, Pippa catches the eye of the, the groomsman, who is Gabe, and notices that he's staring at her. And then she is distracted and, and doing something else. And the next thing she sees that he's left, he walked away from the front of the wedding 
um, and left everyone staring after him and come up to her to say hello. And uh, and then he gets her number and it's it's kind of like something out of a, you know, out of a, a movie. And, and then there is a moment where he asks for a sign um, that, that they're meant to go out together and the rain miraculously stops. So, um, it, yeah, it was a fun scene to write. It, uh, it came to me, that was one of the ones that I barely edited. I just wrote it and it came out and it was so perfect. And, yeah, it's, I'd love to see that one in it, you know, come to life if it was ever oh my you know, optioned or, or made into a movie. Just I can imagine seeing that, you know, a rainbow come out and, and the rain stop. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And I really enjoyed in this novel how you have those little moments of lightness and joy and love. Even though it is a heavy book, it's got some serious social topics, um, but we do have those fun little reprieves here and there where it makes it like really a joy to be part of Pippa and Gabe's story. And, you know, I always say thriller authors, you all are just like the magicians of the mystery world. You are such experts in misdirection. And in The Soulmate, you got us focusing on like one suspect over here, and then you throw in a twist and then another twist. So we as readers are just constantly shifting our focus. We're white knuckling the pages of the book, just can't put it down. So um, do you have a process for sprinkling in clues and red herrings? Or are you more of like a, a pantser? No, I am a plotter and I usually refer to myself as just a very unsuccessful plotter because <laughs> I, I have a good friend of mine, Jane Harper, is, you know, a fantastic plotter. She's actually done a, a TED talk all about uh, plotting and how she does it and she really plots out every single scene and um, and then goes ahead and writes the book and then, you know, basically does one or, or two drafts and she's done I do plot things out, but then I almost always abandon what I've plotted or uh-huh. I get, you know, a, a quarter of the way in and I think, oh, because you get a feel for the pace yourself as you're writing it and and I'll think, oh, something needs to happen now and then th- that will have a cascade, cascade effect on what else I've planned. So while I do have some plots in mind and some things that I think are going to happen, certainly a few red herrings, it it really does change and evolve as I continue to write the book. But I do have an idea of the direction that the book's going. I usually have an ending in mind and I usually have a few points along the way before I start writing, but I just don't necessarily stick to them, (laughs) (laughs) which is really, you know, maybe if I did stick to them, I'd find the process easier, but, you know. It seems like such an overwhelming, like, like you're solving the world's biggest puzzle and putting together a thriller while you're writing it, so... I I don't know how you all do it, but I definitely want to watch that TED Talk you mentioned. That sounds really fascinating. Yes, definitely check it out. But I will say if you are an aspiring author um, that's listening and you do check it out, if you start to feel that tense feeling in your stomach as you as you watch it, you know, that says this doesn't feel right for me, listen to that. Because as I said, Jane Harper is a, one of my favorite authors and she plots but equally some of my very favourite authors do not plot. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's something to be said for listening to your own way of doing it and and, and not trying to do it like everyone else because I think that can sometimes be the the death knell of creativity if you're trying to do it a way that doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, that's such great advice. I love that. 
I'm gonna shift gears on you a little bit. This is gonna be like one of the really serious, hard-hitting questions here. So <laughs> in The Soulmate, Pippa does mention that she does not believe in horoscopes, but she does like to read them and how it is spooky, how sometimes they are very accurate. So do you believe in horoscopes yourself? <laughs> I'm kind of exactly that. I mean, I, I don't really. Um, that said, my literary agent, Rob, is very into astrology, not mm -hmm. so much the the things that you, you know, the little things that you read in the newspaper, but, you know, he, when he first took me on as a client, he wanted to know my star sign and when I was born. And, and he feels that it gives him a really good understanding of, um, of who I am and how he can work with me. And it definitely, wow. some of the things that he has told me, um, both about myself and and about um you know the way that he works with me is is fantastic like and is very true so i don't discount anything and i think that um there probably is something to it but so i don't necessarily believe that those ones you read in the newspapers have any kind of truth to them but sure. do i check them out absolutely i do and <laughs> if it's something good like today is going to be a day that you find a gold nugget i am in and i believe in it that day <laughs> yeah absolutely if it says something bad then we we don't give it any credit whatsoever no. <laughs> correct then it's then it's bullshit but otherwise right. definitely yeah oh my goodness i love that answer i um I'm the same way in that I, I think they're really fun and like I want to believe in them, but I I don't know. Like maybe if you found the right person that really knew how to do it, like maybe your literary agent. <laughs> then, That's right. Then maybe. Yes, That's exactly. Great. I think there's probably more information to give it context and then it's real, but I don't have time to find out that context. So I'm just going to leave that to the others. <laughs> uh -huh, exactly. So back to your book, you do have multiple timelines and points of view in The Soulmate, like we mentioned, and I always love that in a thriller, but how challenging is that for you as the author to kind of keep track of where you are in each timeline and each perspective at any given moment? It's not, it's not that difficult. In, in this, it can be depending on the particular book, and in this one, because the the stories of Amanda were told in flashback and they didn't really have to match up that much with the uh, the perspective of Pippa. That was actually quite a straightforward timeline. It can be trickier when there are different perspectives at the same time and you need to make sure if it's daytime in one, then, you know, you have to be aware of the time and um, that can be a real challenge. And, uh, and also you know, when you want to reveal things as well can be a challenge and, and getting that that pacing right. Um, but in general, I really love using multiple points of view because it can create some fun cliffhangers if you do, you know, end a scene on a cliffhanger and then move to someone's perspective, as, you know, a different person's perspective. It can really help to propel momentum in the book. Um, so I definitely use that to my uh, my benefit when I right and uh yeah i i don't think it does both i use scrivener which is a writing program that really helps me to keep track of of where we are but even without that i can i can just scroll back see where we were up to mm -hmm. and the last line of of any chapter will give me a really good idea of where we're going next 
I love that. That totally makes sense too. Because as a reader, we get to the ends of some chapters. And like you said, we're just like, oh, I have to know what's going on with Gabe, or I have to know what Amanda did next. And it definitely does just keep you going and reading through the book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that that's working. Oh, absolutely. So you do have an upcoming U.S. book tour for The Soulmate, which is very exciting. Uh, So I have to ask, what are you most excited for on that tour? (laughs) This is going to sound silly, but (laughs) I'm most excited for the tipping because here's the backstory. We have a very different tipping system in Australia where mostly the, the tips are built into the price of things. So <laughs> we will we will tip if you go out for dinner to a nice restaurant, but in general you don't tip, you know, the hotel the hotel maids or um, you know hairdressers or those kind of things. And so the first few times I've been to the states, I have found tipping to be so confusing and so <laughs> stressful because I've thought, how do I get all the small bills, you know, to to have at, you know, at my disposal. Right. How do I do the kind of, I thought I had to do some kind of, you know, elaborate handshake to, because I've watched <laughs> too many American movies to like, hand it over. And also all of your bills are the same colour. So you're looking like, is this a hundred? Is it a one? Like, what am I looking at? Right. And so, and then the other thing is that, a lot of because my publisher organizes my tour a lot of the people are already tipped and i didn't know that so i would be tipping people that the publisher had already you know the, the car driver or, or whatnot and so the whole thing was just a nightmare but this time i am ready i have got my cash in small bills that i've got out here in australia <laughs> i have got a list of who needs to be tipped and who does not and how much and so i'm gonna own this tipping game like i am an american person and <laughs> Since that stressed me out so much last time, I am weirdly looking forward to it. Oh my goodness, that is the best answer. And I don't blame you. Like, I have lived here my entire life and I find, like, our tipping confusing. Like, we'll right? run into, like, weird situations sometimes where I'm like, wait, you tipped that, per- like, you tipped that person in this situation. Or am I supposed to be doing that? Like, I haven't been doing that. I'm a terrible person. Oh my. So, yeah. Gosh, that makes me feel confusing. so much better that you've, it's very confusing. And then, you run out of cash and sometimes mm-hmm. like if you've only got a large bill you give it to someone that didn't deserve it and then you end up with someone who's lovely and you've got no cash like and I like to be generous so uh, but it's the whole thing is just very stressful but this time I am going to own that tipping <laughs> just you wait I'll I, write a book about it <laughs> I believe it yeah I I absolutely believe it and we're uh, definitely going to stay tuned to hear how your your tipping experience in America <laughs> goes this round I'll I'll put it on my Instagram and I'll um yeah I'll keep everyone updated because last year it was quite fun when I was on tour because all the Americans were I'd put on there I'm leaving my hotel who needs a tip and people were, were coming back and, and telling me what to do so <laughs> that's good stay, stay tuned yeah <laughs>
If you want to help support the podcast, then be sure to join our Patreon. For just $3 a month, you'll get a weekly exclusive episode of Get Cozy Podcast, all about the week's coziest mystery releases. You'll also have the chance to submit questions to our guest authors and even help decide which authors will be featured on the show. Head over to patreon.com slash getcozypodcast to sign up. I do want to talk about like your Instagram and your social media. Um, But first, I did want to talk about your book cover. So you have two versions that I've seen. Uh, The US one Mm. that has like the waves and the rocks and the pretty pink flowers, which uh, does hint at the cliff and the deaths in the story. Um, And then the Australian one has that like bright pink font. It's kind of got like a a retro vibe and it's very representative of like domestic suspense. So do you have one that's your favorite? Oh, uh, that is such a good question. So I love the the American cover. The the cliff that's on there really looks exactly like the cliff that's in the book, and 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 how it would look if you were looking down. So it, it's and and when I wrote the book, I actually called it the cliff, um, and and later the title changed. So. Uh-huh. Um, for that that reason, I love it, and I think that it's such a compelling cover. And um, you know, it, it was one of those times when they sent the picture of the cover, and I was just yes, yes, yes. There was no <laughs> back and forth. Um, the Australian cover, what I like about it is that it's part of a rebranded series. So they've gone back and rebranded all of my books. I think that that's number eight in that same font in that same style um and I really love seeing them all together as a set because I think it um it gives it you know a real branding and and Mm -hmm. I've kind of used that 70s retro style on my website um so yeah definitely things I love about both I love the cover of the states I love the the complete package of of the Aussie covers yeah, definitely. I, I do love that retro packaging. It's so cute. Um, but I do, I think I probably lean slightly towards the American version just because I feel like it's really like beautiful and feminine. And yes. yeah, it's got like elements that are like pretty, but also like dangerous, which I feel like just encapsulates that story so well. That's so true. And that the purple flowers and, uh, but yeah, then the dangerous cliff. I agree. It's it's the quintessential woman, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a metaphor right there. I love that. Yes. <laughs> so I have to say, you have such a fun author newsletter, and you do that segment called Dear Sally. Um, and for our <laughs> listeners, that's kind of like an advice column. And I just think it's so clever and unique. I saw some of the questions that readers were submitting, like, Dear Sally, help me convince my husband to take the money. Or Dear Sally, the mothers at my school are boring. Do I have to make friends with them? Like, so funny. (laughs) And I, like, I'm just, like, waiting for my newsletter to come so I can see how you answer. Um, But do you have a favorite question that's been submitted to you so far? Oh, they're all so good. And they're all kind of really, not that this is why I did it, but they're such good fodder for novels as well that, you know it's just all of that banal family stuff that that makes for such you know interesting reading but um look I the the question that I answer um in my next newsletter is about I think it says dear Sally 
my mother's boyfriend is a dick. (laughs) (laughs) And and it goes on about, you know, what should she have to put up with as an adult daughter um, and how how much interaction she has to have with him. And I found that a really interesting conundrum because you you know I am a big believer in live and let live and it's her mother's choice and she's not a a, you know a child anymore and you know you really can't make these decisions for other people but at the same time you know what a pest like why can't you just murder him so I (laughs) I really did kind of go go into um, you know all sides of it but that of course was interesting to me because I love questions that aren't easy to answer and I love uh you know moral dilemmas that are a bit gray and so they're always the ones I think that that are my favorite but yeah if anyone's listening and you have got a a you know curly question please submit to dear Sally and you know you you may not get the answers that you need but you will potentially get some odd advice (laughs) I love that. And that's so like, it's so smart because it, it's a fun newsletter to read. Like a, a lot of author newsletters can be very, very similar. So it's fun to have one that's so outside of the, the box. And yeah, what great fodder for writing material. That's brilliant. Yeah. No, it's, it's a fun one to work on. I enjoy it. Yeah. So I do also want to mention your Instagram. You have an amazing Instagram and you do posts called Sally Recommends, where you recommend some of the things that you're currently loving. So what are some books that Sally would currently recommend to our listeners? Well, I haven't read it yet, but Homecoming by Kate Morton has just landed on my desk. And I am so excited to, oh, to read that. She's another Australian author. She writes such beautiful books and uh, it's a lovely, thick book where you know you don't have to worry about it ending but every word is is just a gift so that is that will I haven't even read it yet and I know that's going to be on my my Sally recommends um also the mostly true story of Tanner and Louise which is by Colleen Oakley um I read that recently and absolutely loved it I love all of her books um and I'm trying to think. This one's just an Australian one. Oh, well, I haven't finished, but I am reading um, uh, uh, Dear Beautiful or Hello Beautiful. The, and um, it was a it was an Oprah's Book Club pick and she wrote Dear Edward, Hello Beautiful, it's oh, called. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's by Anne Napolitano. And uh, that has really got my attention. And I'm about, I don't know, 50% through. So... Yeah, there are so many good books and not enough time. Oh, I know. It's the constant uh, book lover dilemma is we never have enough time to read all of these amazing books. We'll read when we're retired. (laughs) I know, huh? That's that's the dream. One day we'll just retire and do nothing but read books. (laughs) In my, although, and I have got a long flight coming up, so there'll be some reading getting done. Yeah. How long of a flight is that? It's about 24 hours. There's Ooh. two flights. One's 15 and then uh, the next one I think is six. So, and then there's some waiting around at uh, at the airports and things. But yeah, no, look, I'm going to think of it as reading time and I'm just going to enjoy it. Oh, there you go. That is a long flight, but wishing you many, uh, many completed novels on your journey. Um, But before we go, can you tell us anything about what you're working on now? 
Well, right now I am not working on any book because I am getting ready to come over to the States on Saturday, but I have recently submitted my book for next year, which is uh, another book about dysfunctional families. This one is about uh, three sisters who grew up together in foster care. So they're not biological sisters, but they they met in a foster home and they have grown up as sisters and consider themselves sisters. And their, their childhood in the foster home was considered to be very idyllic. But at the start of the book, they get a phone call. So they're now adult women, they, they get a phone call from a police detective telling them that a body has been found underneath the picturesque country home where they grew up and they have to go back and really uh, look at whether or not that childhood was idyllic and mm-hmm. what actually went went on there. So, um, yeah, that was a really fun book to, to uh, write and uh, the moment the title is Darling Girls and it should be out this time next year. Oh, my goodness. What a great hook. I can't wait to read it already. Oh, thank you. Of course. So we will definitely be staying tuned for more news on that. Um, But Sally, it has just been so much fun to have you on the show. I so appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, and yeah, I'll look forward to, to listening more to to your podcast oh thank you so much and best of luck on your u.s tour best of luck with the, the tipping i can't wait to hear how all of that goes for you, you this time around <laughs> thanks so much again this has been wonderful my pleasure thank you for having me and listeners thank you so much for joining us we'll be back with another episode of get cozy podcast very soon so stay tuned That's all for today's episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Get Cozy Podcast to see which authors we'll be hosting in our upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, happy reading and stay cozy. Stay cozy.